WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Welcome to the Impact Movie Chat here at 89 FM The Impact. My name is Brad Brooks, and that was me clearing my throat. Uh, once again, welcome to the Impact Movie Chat. Uh, it's part of the Exposure. Exposure is an hour of live talk radio every weekday night from 7 to 8 p.m. here on 89 FM WDBM East Lansing MSU Student Run Radio coming to you live from the basement of Holden Hall. So stop on by. We're hanging out. Um, it's time to talk about movies and for the next hour. It's all live talk radio. We're going to be talking about films. So if there's anything you want to talk about that is movie related, give us a call. If there's anything you want to chime in with your opinion about what we're talking about, give us a call. Uh, if you've seen any of the films that we're talking about, give us a call here on the Impact Movie Chat. My name is Brad Brooks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let me introduce my excellent uh, panel of guys. Dan Messina here. With us, as always, Dan Messina, how you doing? I'm pretty good. You know, I'm thinking now we can call it uh, Live Hawk Radio. Yeah, because yeah, you were hawking <laughs> something up, you know, and it... Nah, I got to go. I... I <laughs> it's cute. Uh-huh. I like I like what you're doing there, playing on the talk. Yeah, I, I like... remember the, the Peter Falk, Falk Radio. Falk Radio. I, 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 I like that. that was good. I like what you're doing. I'll Every see you week. next week That's some right. more of those, okay? <laughs> Just think them up. Dan, it's good to have yeah, you on. As always, Phil, the Reverend. Reverend, how you doing? I'm good. Always good. Wearing your... Uh, uh, U of A shirt. That's okay. Yep. I mean, you know, here at MSU. But that's no. I'm not going to get into that at all. Since people can't see you. But you're doing good. Yeah. You're looking good. Thanks for being on. Uh, my left hand man, Andy Keist, the Keister. Keist, how you doing? Fantastic. Looking great. Thank you. Sounds good. Yeah. And, but the the feather in the cap goes to Greg Teachout, GT Cash Money, uh, who's looking very dapper in his uh, in his pressed black shirt and. Uh, very thin, uh, well, it looks kind of like a piano tie, but it's it's not a piano tie. Greg, how you doing? Uh, well, do you mean looks like a piano? Is that like a type of tie unto itself, or do you mean the little print on it looks like a piano? Well, do you know what, you know what, piano ties are those ties that actually look like piano keys. Like That's they, what I black thought. And white. So you yeah. mean like a little figurative yeah. depiction of a piano. Yeah. Okay. Fair. But it's because your tie is small and black and white. Right. But it's nice. Thanks. You got a good looking outfit going on there. I think you called me Constantine one time when I was wearing a similar outfit with a white shirt. White shirt. And since I've now seen the movie, I'd like to not ever really have you do that again. <laughs> that's cool. That's, that's up to you. Because we're going to talk about Constantine a little bit. I know. That was kind of like my way uh, of saying, hey, here's what's coming. You know? We're going we're to preview. Uh, we're going to do the review of Constantine, the latest uh, Keanu Reeves film. It came in second at the box office. Let's talk about in a little bit what the big hubbubaloo is uh, for that movie. We'll also get to our long awaited review of. Uh, Clint Eastwood's latest opus, Million Dollar Baby. Um, it's been out around here for about a month or three, and uh, we're finally going to get to talking about that movie since uh, it goes up for the Oscars this weekend. We're going to do our usual previews, let you know what's coming out in the theater starting tomorrow and uh, what's new at the rental stores uh, this week. And later in the show, we're going to give you our Oscar picks, let you know who we think will win or who should win or who will take home the coveted Oscar awards on Sunday night. For those of you that are in uh, Oscar pools, you know, with your church or with newspapers or at the many, uh, you know, movie theaters in the area who do those contests. For cans of food and things like yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to let you know what we think uh, would win so that you can be better off putting in your fake ballot here on the Impact Movie Chat. Phone lines are always open, 432-3893, 432-3893. If there's anything you want to talk about that pertains to movies, give us a call here at the Impact Movie Chat, here on the Impact Movie Chat, uh, 432-3893, 432-3893. Uh, gentlemen, 
first up, we're going to do a little versus because it happens to be the birthday of Billy Zane, amazing actor. We've seen him in The Phantom, Dead Calm. Um, even plays himself in Zoolander. Uh, uh, you know, a great thespian. He turns 39 years old and also sharing the same birthday with Edward James Almost, uh, a venerable actor um, from such films as uh, Stand and Deliver and. Um, well, that's pretty much all I can remember. Blade Runner? Blade Runner, what we yeah, were talking about beforehand. There you go. They both have their birthdays today, so we're going to do a versus. Edward James Olmos versus Billy Zane, but we're not going to put it just against them. Fan- Demon Knight, which Billy Zane stars in, versus Stand and Deliver. I would say these are probably the two best films from these two actors. So Stand and Deliver. I would say that too, Brad. I'm, st- I'm with you. The story of Jaime Escalante, an uh, inner city school teacher in, in Los Angeles who, who revolutionized uh, teaching in the 80s by teaching... Uh, uh, calculus and trigonometry to inner city use has to face a horde of undying undead. Well, that's Demon Knight. Billy oh, Zane okay, is uh, is pure evil. He's a demon um, who's trying to get the cross that happens to have the blood of Christ in it, so that he can unlock. I'm not really sure what he has. To, he's the cross is a key to a dimension door or something. You know, I don't it, know either. It doesn't really matter. He's but... he's a demon. It is Demon Knight. It's a Tales of the Crypt film. So James Earl Jones, James, sorry, James, <laughs> Edward James almost did I mention it before the show? Stand and Deliver versus Billy Zane's Demon Knight. What's the better film? What rocks harder? Dan Messina, you go first. I've definitely seen neither film. I claim to be like a you know a movie critic. But what? But I, what from the from oh, what I'm, those films are about? I'm definitely willing to make a judgment here. Yeah, that's that's probably fine. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and arbitrarily choose Demon Knight. Demon Knight, one for Demon Knight. Yeah. Why? Why did you pick Demon uh, Knight? You know, I mean, I don't really, you know, because neither did I describe very well. I mean, so I, that, I mean, I only just—it's barely the essence that I boil it out to. So, you had to pick. Well, I just picture, you know, like in a cage fight, the concept of mathematics versus, say, a demon, and I, I got to kind of go with a demon. So, yeah. but that's that's just my personal that's just opinion. Your you may have, you know, countering. All right, Andy, you helped me come up with this. Who are you going with? Are you going Billy Knight, Billy Zane, Demon Knight, or do you want? Almost. Well, you know, with his raw uh, power of Jaime Escalante behind him. It, it may not seem like a tough call, but for me, it really is. I actually went and saw, I was one of the 12 people who went and saw Demon Knight in the movie theater. Wow. And enjoyed it very much. The Crypt Keeper is very yeah. happy to hear that. That's right. Not many people saw it in the theater, so they're happy that Unfortunately, he's happy. Did you bring your ghoul friend, Andy? <laughs> 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 he's very fantastical. So anyway, like I was saying... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I'm, I, I have a lot of people who are working teachers in the uh, education, uh, who are educators, per se, and Stand and Deliver is by far the best teacher movie, in their opinion. Since Mr. Holland's Opus. Right, right. Yeah. Before Dangerous Minds. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I do think, uh, I can say objectively, I think it's it's a pretty good movie, although I rewatched it recently. Why? Uh, and, well, sorry, uh, I said well, that out loud. It's the, it is, uh, it's the... Uh, the Mighty Ducks, but with trigonometry. Okay. And uh, it does show its age. It's a very 80s movie. It is a very dated. Um, although I know if I were to rewatch Demon Knight, I'd probably still love it the way I did back uh, you know, 10 years ago when I saw it. Also, this movie, uh, Demon Knight, has Jada Pinkett and Thomas Hayden Church in it before they were stars. Uh, and um, They're stars? Oh, I didn't, I didn't get that. <laughs> I knew they were in movies. I know before they were Before they were at the, uh, <laughs> their present status, okay. I should say. And... Uh, yeah, it's uh, just a fun movie. Um, so is that a, a vote for Demon Knight? Demon Knight. Vote for Demon Knight. And, and a sponge-eating Billy Zane. Yes. So, Brilliant. Good stuff. you got to love Billy Zane. 
He's a cool guy. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, the Impact. Phone lines are open, 432-3893. Billy Zane and Demon Knight versus Edward James Almost and Stand and Deliver. Who rocks harder or which film is better, Stand and Deliver or Demon Knight? Let's take a caller. This may not actually be about any of these, but let's go to the phone lines. Caller, you've been waiting patiently. Thank you. You're on the Impact Movie Chat. Yeah, hey, how's it going? Doing good. Hey, cool. I'm just driving home this evening, and I'm listening to your nice chat about movies and stuff. And uh, I was wondering what your guys, and it has nothing to do with what you were talking about. That's all right. But um, I was just wondering what you guys thought about uh, the Chris Rock controversy, where he says that straight men do not watch the Oscars or care about them. Uh, well, you know, that's, his latest positive, you know, it's creating a lot of controversy. Yeah, well, I, we're going to talk about the Oscars a little bit later in the show. Uh, so thanks for dropping this line, but I would just say right off the bat, it's just a drum up, more press drum from up, the Oscars. Really? What was that? Is it just a drum up, really? Because Chris Rock seems to have a lot to say about, uh, you know, our modern era. Yeah, I. And he's, he's correct a lot of the time, I think. No, I, I think, I think, uh, but thanks for giving us a call. I would say Chris Rock is is a poor man's Richard Pryor, um, and it's pretty much he's he's looking for you know to secure this job, and one way is to drum up a little bit of controversy and. You know, say that no one watches the Oscars. Guess what's going to happen on Sunday? Everybody will watch the Oscars, and they'll turn around huge ratings. So it's it's just a drum up more press. I think he, oh, he's drumming up controversy. He wasn't just making a joke. I mean, I've never heard this, but yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say it's just he is a comedian. He was, he was just talking. I think he was just he was just riffing on that the you know the only people who care about the Oscars are uh, are women and gay men, and that's the only people who actually care about it. And it, you know, because the show is just fluff, and it is. I think it's true, Brad, and I think that everyone here should take sides. <laughs> Whether we should watch the Oscars or you know, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you said women versus gay men. I got really, oh, I'm sorry, no, I'm no, sorry, no, man. no we're not we're not putting those two together tonight. Um, no, he, he it was I believe probably just a flippant remark that he's now stood behind because you know as with all flippant remarks, people are going to call you on him and make a big deal of it. And he probably doesn't even care, but he's uh, it's just because he's hosting the show this year, so he's he's kind of hunkered down and said, oh, you know, come on, let's be serious, but. It's it's just drumming up controversy and, and going to draw more ratings, hopefully, for them. So, uh, But thanks for giving us a call. We have another caller on the line. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Caller, you're on the Impact. Well, not anymore. Bye. So, um, okay, let me just do that. Our phone lines are open, 432-3893. If you'd like to call um, and, and talk to us, that's cool. Uh, phone lines are open, 432-3893. Um, we're going to talk about the Oscars later on the show, so if you're going to call for that, hold on to that for a little while. Uh, but real quick, we're going to finish up Edward James Olmos, Stand and Deliver, versus Demon Knight. Reverend, Yeah. Do you, are you a big Billy Zane fan? Yeah, definitely. Are you a big, are you a big Edward James Olmos fan? Uh, no, not as much. Okay, so I'm thinking you're leaning Demon Knight. Uh, a little bit. There's, okay. there's another factor in it. All right, though, let's, I mean, what is it? Uh, William Sadler, who, uh, is, uh... He's the keeper of the blood of Christ in the Cross movie. thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the good guy. Um, you know and, what? Uh, I hadn't even talked about the raw power of Sadler. I'm a huge fan of the, the, the Sadler, so uh, that would give it the edge. All right. Phil, are you the only huge fan of the Sadler? <laughs> no, I, no I, I gotta tell you, I, I'm a big fan of the Sadler, too. Okay. You can see him in his full glory I just, at I the beginning that. of uh, Die Hard 2. Yeah. Die Harder. Um, well, I think the probably everyone's favorite role would be Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey yes, as death. As death. 
Yeah. A little shout out to, to Bergman. Um, right, right. That was very good. Step was, step was great. Okay, sorry. I just All feel right. like every time a weirdo emerges out of the woodwork as, as, in cinema world, Phil emerges out of that same woodwork. Like, <laughs> I'm actually a huge fan of no. so-and-so. And, and I'll say, it's not just like Phil, the Reverend, is posing. He's not a poser. He's not like That's the, the Reverend for a second, is a huge fan. I think of... he's a poser for totally different reasons <laughs> that have nothing to do with That's the world of That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Okay. Have you seen Stand and Deliver? That's not going to stop me from critiquing this. No, no. I, it didn't stop Dan. And I don't right. want it to. That's right. Have you seen Demon Knight? Uh, no, I've seen neither film. Okay. So based on that, what are you going with? <laughs> based on that, which I think is an incredible basis for anything. Uh, basically, uh, just for anyone who's unfamiliar, crucifying someone or someone being crucified yes. is when they go the route of David Caruso, uh, that red-haired goon who's now on that show that I won't mention. And they kind of come out of their carrot-top little hole and decide that they're really exciting. And so they try to make it in the world of cinema, and they're quickly shot down by the American people. So, anyway, we sometimes hope that people get crucified here on the show. I mean, not like literally here on the show, but here on the show, we hope that. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what I think about the Crypt Keeper. Like, I enjoyed some of his earlier work when he sort of like kept it a little more low key, just was kind of like narrating. But now that he's like presenting these big, you know, these pieces of cinema and taking himself so seriously. It's kind of like it strikes me the same way like Elvira does. Like the plot, the lighting might be excellent, you know, but like with Elvira as the vehicle for the presentation, it just takes something away. So I'm just kind of anti Crypt Keeper. I don't think he's funny. I don't think he says anything meaningful anymore. I just think that it's. I, I would have to lean toward uh, Stan Deliver. Plus, I loved almost when he was that knife thrower guy in Desperado. <laughs> That was that was Danny Trejo. That's not important. <laughs> okay, so so a, a proxy vote for Stand and Deliver. If you want to call it that, <laughs> I, I think it's nice. undermining the importance of my vote. But that's, that's right. Fine. I I I have to go with uh, you know we're gonna I I haven't seen Stand and Deliver for the longest time. Demon Knight's a fun time. Uh, Billy Zane in all of his glory, and it's about the only time you actually get to see him really ham it up. Uh, the rest of the time he's playing himself in Zoolander or you know the the bald jerk guy in Titanic. So how's his uh, hair in DK? Uh, Demonite Ball. Yeah. He's bald. He's bald. Oh, interesting. He's, uh, I, I, once again, bald is always better when it comes to Billy Zane. So it's, you really well, get. Once again, if you, you made really, this assertion yeah. before. Oh, oh, I'm sure. Oh, I've been doing the show for almost three years. So at some point, I had to come up with bald Billy Zane better than, you know, quaffed Billy Zane. So once again, bald Billy Zane, twice the power. I'm going to give my vote to Demon Knight. So it's four to one. Demon Knight overstanding deliver. I'm not really surprised by this. Let's take a call. Call, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, I just wanted to say that I think you guys had a pretty unfair comparison of movies. I mean, <laughs> Edward James almost had one of the greatest movies ever made with American Me. It oh, made, okay. made Scarface look like a Disney flick. <laughs> but we're not talking about American Me. We're talking about Stand and Deliver. But we are I know, but that's like, that's like comparing The Breakfast Club and Red Dawn. That's well, that we, show. <laughs> show. Right now, Breakfast Club, Red I mean, Dawn. Guess what? So stay show. tuned next week. We're going to talk about one of the best 80s movies that you know our generation has fallen in love with and one of the first movies to really create the PG-13, Red Dawn versus no. Breakfast Club next show. Thank you very much. No. You might be the caller of the night. Now, caller, did you catch the uh, the show a few months ago when we pitted Gangs of New York against Napoleon Dynamite? Not to bring up... Not oh, I voted for Napoleon Dynamite, hands down. You know, I didn't want that. You know, that's not what this is about. <laughs> We're not talking about how Napoleon hear, Dynamite's though. a good Thank movie you. ever again on this show. <laughs> but you say, Colin, let your voice be heard. I mean, his voice was heard. That's, that's the way oh, it works, Well, right? I, you know what? You're right, Greg. I, I can't limit that. I, I, I have a hard time with Leonardo DiCaprio, so that's, I mean, even though if he could have had the most minuscule part in Gangs of New York, I would have gone the other way. But uh-huh. Edward James almost, man, he's got such a, he's got such a diversified 
uh, spectrum to act in, I, I got to lean that way. So, so you're voting for stand and deliver? Oh, most definitely. Okay, stand tall, stand proud. Shout All it right. out. Thanks for giving us a call. Yeah, have a good one. All right, you heard that. Next week, Red Dawn <laughs> versus The Breakfast Club here nice. on the Impact Movie Chat. That's only if I can remember that's what we're doing next week. Reverend, you had something to put Yeah, in. I was going to say, you know, there's probably a lot of people listening to this who, you know, they're like, stand and deliver, demon knight, I can't decide. It's been the ultimate de- debate. You can't like one more than the other. Since the release of Demon Knight, it came to challenge yeah. the glory of Stand and Deliver. And um, there is kind of a, a, a middle ground you can go to. Uh, it has the, the learning and the, uh, the good teaching of Stand and Deliver mixed with the bloodshed of Demon Knight. The movie is called The Substitute with Treat Williams. <laughs> Treat Williams. I, think, I will say this right now. Anything with Treat Williams... Great. Yeah. I believe there's some yo-yo combat in one of the substitute movies, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I can't help you there. I'm not sure. I haven't not seen the first one. No, no, no. 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 The, well, the first one wouldn't stoop to the yo-yo combat level. <laughs> you know, it, but but maybe t- substitute two. The, oh wait, wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Tree Williams was in the sequels. The original one was Tom, Tom Berenger. Berenger. Yeah. Yep, you're right. I forgot about that. Maybe I don't like this. That's just maybe. how destitute these movies. Yeah. <laughs> I think these are the films that you will find. On the video store rack with an inch of dust because no one's picking them up, unfortunately. Give us a call. Demon Knight versus Stand and Deliver. Edward James Almost versus the raw power of Billy Zane. A bald Billy Zane or a quaffed. You take your pick. Let's take a caller. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Hi, this is Jack. Jack, how oh, you doing, boy. Jack? Yeah, Jack, good. I haven't seen either one of those movies, but um, uh, it's a good discussion anyway. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's not really my type of movie, but I know that some of you guys really like that kind of stuff. And Jack, do not worry. I will let you know what's coming out in the theaters tomorrow know, in just a I little know, bit. I know. You I'm, not gonna, I'm you not going to shuck or jive you. I will let you no, know. I know. Do. That's cool. I, will, I'll, 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 I know you'll do that. Thank you. I have a question that is just right out in left field. And I, I want to ask you about a movie that I never heard about before, but I've had a couple people tell me about it, and I looked it up online, and it sounded really interesting. It's called What the Bleak Do We Know? Have you seen it? Have you heard about it? Dan Messina has seen this film. I've seen it, and I ranked it as one of my most disappointing films of 2004. I hated that documentary. I thought it was terrible, and ultimately it's a giant infomercial to try to get you into a cult. But doesn't it seem like you should see it for that reason? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, they made a motion picture for a cult, but it's not the first time. Battlefield Earth, Scientology... Was it better than Battlefield Earth? I didn't see Battlefield Earth. Um, I, I have trouble imagining much things, many things worse than what the bleep do we know. I hated this documentary. In defense of Battlefield Earth, there is no system of thought in that movie. Therefore, there can be no Dianetic <laughs> system of thought either. So. Okay. And if I could also point out, one of the experts that's like speaking intellectually, I, I, I'm making quote marks as I say intellectually, throughout the whole thing is revealed as being a chiropractor. He's, and he's speaking intellectually about quantum physics. And Jack could be a chiropractor. Why would Sorry, you, Jack? Why do you need to pull rank like you that? Know, that's They're... interesting. That's interesting that you said it's a chiropractor because it was my chiropractor who's kind of into this uh, cosmic foo-foo stuff, too, that said, oh, check out this movie. It's really cool. And I looked it up online. I thought, wow. I, you know, quantum physics, that is kind of interesting. That could be a good movie. And it, it, they're going to release it on DVD sometime this spring. It's not out yet. So they're, it's like, no way I can see it right now. But uh, you're saying it's a, it's actually a, a it has an ulterior motive for Scientology, huh? Well, it's, it's, well, it's not for Scientology. It's, Scientology. it's for a separate cult. It's, it's just a you know, school of something, something. Yeah. So this is either, so this is either a, a, a chiropractor based cult or maybe yeah. Jack's chiropractor is the expert 
who helped with the film. Well, and it starts out basically. Wow. You've got a bunch of guys who are who are like presenting questions that are like mid-range clever questions you think of in tenth grade, and uh, and they're speaking of them quote unquote intellectually, and it just never really goes anywhere and has a lot of like bright colors and sounds and stuff. And then what if the we're end, all on the back of a huge turtle right now? Yeah. And it's asleep, <laughs> and we're the dream. Like that. Yeah, so this, that, that might have been more clever. So, so, so this out. movie is so this movie is like diner for people who thought the Matrix was really like profound. That, that's that's probably a good okay. way of, of looking at it. Yes, so, sounds good. Yeah. So Jack, you've yeah. been warned. Jack, are you looking to join a cult run by chiropractors? No. Well, no, I'm just looking to see a, a good movie on uh, quantum physics that's not trying to push anything on me. You know what I mean? Then this might not be where you're at. Okay, Jack. Yeah, it might not be. I think I'll just rent it. All right. Sounds good, Jack. Good okay, man. Thanks. thanks for giving us a call. Yeah, bye. Don't worry. Later on the show, I will yeah. have your, your previews, okay? Okay. I'm going to hold you to it. Okay, Jack. Don't you All worry. Right. All right. Take care. I got a quantum physics movie for oh, you, Jack. Okay. okay. It's uh, Brief History of Time by uh, Errol Morris, the uh, Stephen Hawking deal. Nice. Cute. I like know. your style. Not too heavy-handed, not too, you know, whatever. Oh, okay. So good there you go, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's hard to get a hold of Errol Morris. All right, you'll see the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM, the Impact. 432 We're talking about movies. Uh, I believe Demon Knight has won our contest. We had a caller who one put in for Stand and Deliver and one put in for Demon Knight. That's 5 to 3. Billy Zane, Demon Knight, you will have the best birthday possible because you have beaten Edward James almost. Uh, let's move on into our review section, which we don't do very often here, but why not? Uh, let's review a couple of movies. Uh, tonight we're going to review Constantine and Million Dollar Baby. Uh, let's first start off with Constantine. It was number two movie in the box office last week. It started uh, um, Jamin Hanchu, Keanu Reeves, uh, Rachel Weiss. Um, basically the DC uh, comics of uh, called Hellblazer were kind of watered down and uh, with one dash dogma, with another dash Hellboy, with another dash Blade. Whipped up and thrown together. It's called Constantine. It came out. Uh, a couple of us were able to check this one out. Dan, you didn't see it, so sorry. Keep your trap shut. Uh, let's start with Greg. Wow, <laughs> that was a very dynamic studio point. I yes. just like to let the listener base yeah, know. Yeah, I, I actually, actually pointed at the Reverend. Point at the Reverend. Said your name, but fooled my own self. Go luckily, ahead. Uh, the Reverend and I's opinion on this film is so similar that it's it's fine. We can respond as a unit, but we won't be doing that. Uh, I don't even know if that's totally true, but I think when we left the theater. We were quiet for a second, and the Reverend said, whatever. <laughs> that's about how I feel about this. I mean, I honestly think that sums it up about, I don't feel particularly passionate about it, but um, yeah, you'll see like a tiny bit of Nazi paraphernalia in the movie to kind of give you that weird Hellboy occult feel. There'll be like a lot of very heavy-handed exposition if you're really, really into the whole dogma thing, except it won't be very funny. Oh, wait, that's just like dogma. And then like, essentially, there'll be a lot of CGI hell effects, which I feel like I could get into because of my love of hell, the paranormal, and the evil in general, but somehow it just didn't gel at all for me, and I thought the plot just seemed kind of like uh, hackneyed and ridiculous and that sort of thing. But it, I mean, this is saying that, knowing that I was going into the movie Constantine about somebody who slays demons, I've seen it done better. We've already mentioned that earlier on the show, Demon Knight, never seen the movie. <laughs> so, anyway, I, uh, I wasn't too impressed overall, though I didn't think it was painfully bad or anything like that. And I just want to say that when you say it's one part Blade, I hope that you don't mean, you know, Blade 1 or 2, which is <laughs> no, not, not the, accurate at all. The trilogy. Okay, yeah. you don't want the Trinity to be offended. No, no. no. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I give it a rating of, like, you know, uh, two stubby fingers or something like that. Okay. Reverend, uh, yeah. I'll finally point to you and actually yell out your name. Reverend. Yeah. How would you feel about Costine? Yeah, like the man said, whatever. 
you know. Um, not, does, does not elicit a cute. I'm glad to hear that. It, it could even almost get to the interesting failures pile, which I, I rarely bust out. Like, it's... I There's things that I did like about the script, and there's things that I did like about the direction. And I think that all of the elements are there to make a good movie, but it just didn't work. It's like it just doesn't work, all gel together. Like, the f- script doesn't fit with the direction, doesn't fit with the acting. They kind of... The way that the whole story is structured and the pacing is all wrong, They the way they set up the exposition's all wrong. I mean, all this sounds really boring to people out in the listening out here but um yeah it's just basically you'll be watching it and you'll be like i don't really care what's going on that's all you need to know you know it's it doesn't matter why it's just you don't get that involved you don't care about constantine Mm -hmm. he's a a really interesting comic character and i which means that when they bring him to the real screen right it's gonna suck i and i i went into it knowing it wasn't going to be like a straight adaptation but i still wanted it to be an interesting character and I just felt like he was just grumpy, and you don't really care about him. And I, I didn't like how they grounded the mythology in uh, Catholicism specifically. They kind of, like, push it a little more towards that. I mean, just because, I don't know, I think that the that Hellblazer has its own kind of interesting, like, demons versus, you know, angels that, that's a little... It's not quite the Catholic dogma, you know? So... It's a whatever. Yeah. We're next, I wasn't expected to be brilliant. Uh, and if, whatever I did, when I did enjoy the film, the parts that, that were few and far between, it was mostly in spite of myself. I was watching, I'm like, this is really just not good. But I was, I, anything I took from it that I liked, just as a whole, the film was not good. Did it's, you think it was pretty on occasion? Well, occasionally. I didn't, I actually hate the hell effects when, they, when he's in hell. But all the demons, for the most part, looked really bad. Um, at times, it was you know I, I like Jamin Hanshu, I guess as the character, but I don't believe you know his his Papa Doc or you know his Papa Midnight Papa character Midnight. isn't you know what's in the comics. Even the character Constantine isn't what we're going to expect from the comics. Uh, the casting of Keanu Reeves, I was real disappointed. But when we finally get to see the film, they changed the character so much. It's not actually John Constantine from Hellblazer. They could have just thrown anybody up there. Um, no, it was just I, I guess I found it to be a little more fun than maybe you guys did, but a good movie, definitely not. Andy, you're a big Rachel Weisz fan. I am. That's really my primary reason. <laughs> yeah, for that's the that's movie. So that saved you that's last. Only, you I might mean, you might have the most not, positive review. Had she not been in it, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be talking about it right no. now, obviously. So uh, what what'd you think of at least Rachel Weisz? It's of Rachel Weisz. Well, she spends uh, you know half of her screen time with her hair and clothes soaking wet, and I think that was done intentionally. Uh, on the part of the filmmakers or something. I mean, she's essentially a prop. She's thought her character doesn't do anything. No. She's just there to get in trouble and then be saved later Ask on. Ask questions over and, and over Constantine again. Constantine to embark on his, you know, 10-minute right. diatribes of exposition. Right. This is what the movie's about. No, <laughs> let the movie happen. Don't tell me. Just let it happen. But, yes, overall, I thought the movie was completely ridiculous. It occupies that subgenre that I like to call thrillers of the cloth, nice. which only pretend to be about Catholicism and are really just yeah. view religion in general as this sort of... Cathonian voodooistic thing, you know, as an excuse to have lots of CGI and hellish. And I'm usually and, cool with that. And dark no. corridors and all that. Is religion but not about that uh, what dreams may come? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or the order, or stigmata, or any of these yeah. other things. But uh, yeah, it was uh, again to reiterate. I didn't really. I, I didn't. For one, on top of not really knowing what was happening from scene to scene, I didn't care enough either to follow with any kind of uh, great interest. 
you know, some of the photography was pretty, I suppose, but it's nothing I haven't seen before. So yeah, so that was another. I think we do have to uh, talk about the exposition in this movie. That was something else I mentioned after seeing it was that you know you can either if you have a lot of stuff to ex- that a very complicated script, you either need to you know explain it or you know exp- exp- constantly explain what's going on or just leave it alone. And it, this kind of does both. You know, there's yeah. they over-explain things that are really obvious, like the whole concept of demons in hell, angels in heaven, and they can't cross over. But they don't explain other things, like who John Constantine is and yeah. what he's doing and like what what's the point of what's going on. You get a little bit of his history. It's really weak. And they constantly tell you about demons in, in hell. Yeah. And it's like the motorcycle angels. diaries. It's like, why focus on this part of his life? Maybe. <laughs> it's exactly like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly like the movie by Che Guevara. Um, I, w- I will give you one thing that I liked about it, though. Uh, the Archangel Gabriel is played by Tilda Swinton. She's only, she only has two scenes in the movie, and she brings a lot of sophistication to a movie that really doesn't for deserve movie, it at all. For a movie that and, craptastical. Uh, right. Um, I, actually, I, I agree with but you. I, but I, I really enjoyed very, her. I was very impressed with, yeah. with her in, in that role. No, I, I thought Rachel Weisz looked pretty throughout it, but she's pretty much just a prop to, to look sexy right. and to, to cue Constantine to go into it. You know, to answer questions, she's she's always falling into water. I don't understand the uh, if there's something subconscious. Oh, oh it's every, every thirty pages. Um, a hey boss, we got to another thirty pages. She's not wet. What should we do? Put her in a bathtub. She's not wet. What would we do? Throw her into a swimming pool. What should we do? It rains. Uh, it just something has to happen to keep her wet. That's all right. What are you gonna say? Well, I, I found out later on after after seeing it that uh, Tarsum Singe, the uh, East Indian director who made the cell. Which is a very uh, another hellish but also visually pleasing film was uh, the slated director for it, but backed out uh, for whatever reason. That I would have liked to see. Okay, I think it would have been an infinitely better movie had he directed it. And also, I'll, I'll add a bit to that. When he was going to direct it, it was going to be Nicolas Cage as Constantine, which I would have probably would have been more entertaining, at least if not good. <laughs> but it had taken that extra step. To over the top, right, right, right. To wonderful, but yes, it's a bit of a disappointment. But then again, I fight demons, okay? <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. Let's fight these demons. The dollar bill is trying to tell me something about demons. Wait, that's a movie. You're listening to Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM. The Impact consensus is that Constantine is not good. Then again, were were any of us trying expecting to really enjoy this movie? No, not really. And I, I, this is another one of those movies where if you're the kind of person who's going to see it to begin with, it's not like, well, for one thing, you're not going to be listening to this show. But still, if you did, it's not like we're going to dissuade you from watching yeah. it anyway. Yeah. So that's cool. You know, go have fun. I would I would say there actually, I have met a lot of people who did like it. So yeah. it's possible th- you might think, enjoy it. You know? I think I enjoyed it the most out of anyone here. And it's still, I didn't think it was that good. Right, but I didn't hate yeah. it. It wasn't the pain of, like, Blade Three, for instance. Exactly. Ooh. The Trinity let you down. Yeah. You're expecting good stuff. It let you down. Here on the Impact Movie Chat, uh, let's move on to Million Dollar Baby. Um, the people who have seen this film, Andy, Dan, Phil, you guys have seen it for a while. It's been in the bank for a long time. I saw it three years ago. Yes. And none of us have gotten to talking about it because other things have come up or I've forgotten to mention it. It's my fault. I take full blame. Well, let's break it out. It's up for Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Director, Best Actor, and a slew of other awards at the Oscars. What's the deal? What's the deal with Million Dollar Baby? Tell me about it. Dan, you can start off. Million Dollar Baby, it's a new film from Clint Eastwood. Hit Um, me. All right. Uh, For people who who do not know, it's Clint Eastwood is a... uh, 
I don't know if I'd say he's a down-and-out boxing trainer, but he's uh, certainly an, an older uh, boxing trainer who has just lost his, uh, his, his big guy he'd been training, and Hilary Swank uh, wants him to train her, but he doesn't train girls, but he eventually trains her, and she becomes good, and so on and so forth. And uh, then, then the movie gets different. I don't want to give too much away. Though I know, Please don't. Though I, I know pop culture, <laughs> and I won't, but I know pop culture has given a lot away with, yes, with various protests. And That's why we that should just avoid it altogether, pop culture. <laughs> That's what we'll try to do on the show. <laughs> the show is a ball of pop culture. We continue, Dan. So um, it's, uh, I, I thought it was a wonderful movie. Um, you know, I was very surprised um, going into it. When, when the Oscar nominations came out, and I heard Eastwood was nominated for Best Actor and Giamatti was not, I was, uh, I was, I was very surprised. And, uh, but then I saw A Million Dollar Baby, and I still don't know that I would not nominate Giamatti, but I definitely could see where, uh, where Eastwood really deserves some credit. All I right. thought he did a wonderful I'm, I'm glad job. to hear that. That's been the big talk. Um, I've even said it. No Giamatti, Clint Eastwood. Right. It's a bag of bones. Glad someone said it. Thank so you. It's a good flick. I definitely have to, uh, you know, endorse it. Two big thumbs up from you? Yes. That sounds great. I'm glad to hear that. Reverend, yeah. you love the Eastwood. Yeah. And that's, I'm with you there, baby doll. Yeah. But I just haven't seen this movie myself. You were looking forward to this. You refused, I know, to put together a top ten list until you could see this movie. Uh, yeah. Even though that's not your bag <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> right. But you did that anyway, and I liked that you stood by that. Million Dollar Baby, how was it? How did it treat you? Oh yeah, it was definitely one one of the things I enjoyed a lot uh, from last year, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I pretty much loved it before I saw it because I like everything that Clint Eastwood does. So it was the odds were were pretty good that I was going to like it, and I loved it. So yes, long story short, <laughs> love the movie. All right, Phil, a big <laughs> a big two thumbs up from the Reverend on that, Andy. You've also seen Million Dollar Baby. I, I like it very much, but I don't love it. Uh, Doesn't love it? Why don't honest, you love it? I, I do like I am. Well, Haven't they explained I'll, why it's brilliant to you already? I'll, I'll preface this with saying I, th- I think I think Eastwood's one of the best directors working today. And uh, and honestly, I've seen better films from him, like Perfect World, uh, Unforgiven, uh, even Mystic River. Um, I thought parts of the script were kind of weak, honestly. Just the the story arc with Morgan Freeman and some of the young bugleists at the uh, at the gym was kind of clumsy. Doesn't really add or take away anything from the story. Uh, just minor things. The main the main uh, story arc involving Swank and Eastwood is solid, and I really like that. And the thing I like about Eastwood's directing is that he doesn't toy with the audience at all. He's really the antithesis of what's popular now. In in uh, in popular film, I mean, he's not flashy. He doesn't feed you irony. He's not, he's not ironic. He's not smug, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's refreshing. I'll say it's a refreshing change of pace. I think in uh, movies that we're used to, but uh, yeah, not. I don't think it's East. I don't think it's one of Eastwood's best, but it's still very good. All right, so. which is still saying a lot for you know when you look at his right. filmography. Right. You say, you know, not one of the best, but you can still put it up there pretty high mm-hmm. in great films. Now, I, I, I guess I should probably uh, preface this. I, uh, I'm one of the few people who hated Mystic River. I think Mystic River is an absolutely undefendable movie, and I think it's terrible. I, I, I wow, fact, that's bold. I, in fact, wow. referred to it as my Gangs of New York of 2003, <laughs> in that it's the movie that I hated that everyone else loved. Oh, and, poor little uh, Dan. And he loves Napoleon Dynamite, too, and we all hate it. What's, what's going on here? 
what's what's going on here? Oh, but you don't continue, hate me. continue. But um, but so I was I was really uh, I guess kind of surprised at how much I liked Million Dollar Baby, and and I actually felt that it succeeded in a lot of the ways that that Mystic River tried to succeed. But you know, failed so so miserably. I, yeah, I think it's such, <laughs> and, and just 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 bit by bit, even down to like the soundtrack. I I really even hated the soundtrack in Mystic River that Clint Eastwood scored, and uh, and I thought the score to uh, to Million Dollar Baby was was really good. I mean, just just even little things. But I I don't know. I so I was I was even surprised. I, I'm I'm surprised it. to hear that you loved Million Dollar Baby, but you hated Mystic River. Yeah. I I am planning to see this film myself. I haven't checked it out. I'll probably go see it tonight, but. I find that I find that interesting because a lot of people do have a lot of comparisons at least mm-hmm. to his style. He has an overall arc and style in his film, so I'm a little surprised that you can well, I think hate one and love the other. Stylistically, I think again, I think he tries for the same thing. I just think he fails in one, succeeds in the other. Nora, could I delve into that a little more? I just I'm I'm interested. Give me like three key points. I'm not going to argue with you or anything of things that are undefendable about the movie. Um, undefendable that's, was that's the word pretty, that's, I'm like, That wow. is pretty bold. Uh, Sean Penn's character makes absolutely no sense. I think he's inconsistent and just kind of bad. I hate the plot. I hate the fact of who did it, not to give anything away, and I won't even say who did it, but I hate that. I think it's I think it's just kind of dumb and doesn't really make any sense. I really don't like any of the characters particularly. I, I don't know that they really, I don't know, make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know, you know, just even things down to like Kevin Bacon's – ex-wife is calling him and not talking it's like oh we're going to insert some some you know pseudo depth here and it's not really going to work and then we're going to kind of move on i i just i didn't like any of the movie um and i know people a lot of people i've talked to they'll say yeah but the acting was great and and i really do like the actors who are in the movie and i like clint eastwood a lot i just i just didn't like anything about this movie wow. about mystic river and um I don't know. So those would be, I guess, I don't know if I listed three things, but... Oh, yeah, close four. enough. Four, yeah, but, yeah but four. I, really... I can give you... A, I can say I have problems with some of the things you mentioned, but, I mean, well, at least the champagne character I can't give you at all. And I, and I, you know, the, the wife from Kevin Bacon, how it's handled, I think it's probably the weakest part of the film. The whodunit is not really what the point... The film is a mystery, but by the end of the film, it, whodunit doesn't really matter. And, and then, that's, and that's I think, at least what well, I think... I, it's it's funny that Dan mentioned that he didn't he didn't like uh, you know when they finally solved the crime because when they when that's revealed in the movie I thought it made perfect sense to me I thought just the quote unquote themes of the film and the actual storyline tied together with that with that moment and it, it was retroactive and you know echoes back to what ha- everything that happened before I don't know for me it worked for I can, but I can see how it might, it might seem kind of pretentious or something to others or maybe. Just uh, just just didn't like it, and then the ending, ending, you know, when when Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon are looking Burr back rah. and forth. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not. But that's not. <laughs> well, you're, you're the, still, ending, the ending, the ending, the ending. That's all I'll say. You didn't really I, like that, yeah. But I, I just it didn't really make sense or Doesn't work, work for me. It. Yeah, that's fine. That's all right. Okay, and and it's good to have your opinion. I'm I'm just sure. really surprised that you hate that, but love this. So. Yes. Because a lot of people... Dan yeah, likes to pick, pick one obligatory blockbuster each year to hate, <laughs> just so he seems like an individual. Interesting. I really don't have Our old roommate loves to pick though. one blockbuster just to love. That's right. Yeah. Well, he doesn't really pick it. The editor of Rolling Stone does. Well, that works out, too. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Brady. <laughs> yeah, we love you, baby. Okay. All right. That is... Uh, any, anything else you guys want to mention about Million Dollar Baby? It is a movie about, like, a hick chick boxer, right? Would that, would that sum it up? Yeah. But I should yeah. still go see it. Yeah, yeah. It oh, has yeah. Greg. It has a woman in a in a major role. You can still see it and not be a Nancy Pants. How about this? I don't buy it. Brad. <laughs> Prove it. How about this? I'll sell you on this. Uh, to quote <coughs> Point Break, 
Not to, oh, not to, not to compare. The, not, First of all, I like where you're going here. But go not, not, not to compare these two movies, but to quote Point Break, if you want the ultimate, you have to be willing to pay the ultimate price. How about that? Can we close every show with that? Every case, if you can work, I, I agree with TJ. If you can work that into every week. Hey, speaking of uh, Lemmy Snickets, if you're gonna, you know, and just I want you to do that every show. I like your style. Andy, you get a special prize at Yay. the end of the show. Well, I'm obviously willing to pay the ultimate price, so I guess I'll go see I think, it. I think we just we just got to do it. It's great. The Oscars nominated it, so we have to go see it. We have to go throw away our money now. They've, they've denounced that it has to be done. The five movies up for Best Picture. We just have to see now. Except what? for Finding Neverland, because yeah. it sucks. It just does. Thank you. Uh, representing the sort of public who hasn't seen this movie, may I ask a couple quick logistical questions? Yeah, for sure. Okay. This is a chick boxer. That's woman boxer. And uh, does, is she going to be fighting other chicks in the movie at all? Yeah, women. Okay. And, and a kangaroo. <laughs> it's like a kangaroo. Oh, a oh. yeah. Uh, they, they never make out or anything. It's okay. Like... And how how much? And maybe this is giving too much away. So stop me in my tracks if it is. How much of the movie focuses on the actual fights themselves? I don't. I'm, I don't mean sixty-three percent. Is, is, is it a sports movie? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of asking if it's. I, I suspect very highly it's not a sports movie in really any way. And that's part it's, of the interest I have in seeing it, but I'm sort of curious how much the, uh, the you know the underlying currents of success and courage and all of these virtues that people probably like or just like really perverse stuff between those two people. How much of that's all affected by the actual bo- boxing aspect of it? It's, I uh, oh, uh, I'll, I'll just go real quick. Okay. Uh, I have heard a lot of people say it's you think it's a boxing movie. It's not really a boxing movie. Uh, I'm on the opposite end of that. I think it is a boxing movie. I think it's about boxing. A lot of it. I mean, not all of it, but I think a lot of it's about boxing. So yes, I think it's a sports movie. Well, they probably they probably spend more time in the ring than they do in like Rocky. Realistically, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it's because there is a span of time in the movie where she really is in the ring fighting quite a bit. I, okay, that's what I was asking. Yeah, I, okay. I I probably wouldn't really call it a boxing movie, but yeah, she is fighting quite a Are bit. Are the fights sweet? <laughs> oh Napoleon you with your you with your fights enough with the Napoleon oh, dynamite right. you're listening to Impact we chat here on 89 FM the Impact uh, East Lansing's uh, movie alternative give us a call 432-3893 uh, big reviews great reviews for Million Dollar Baby uh, from Dan the Reverend and the Keys so we're going to switch in right now and we're going to do previews for, for Jack he wanted us to do it so we're going to do it right now we're going to let you know what's coming out in the theaters tomorrow four movies Probably not a one of them we're seeing, but let's check. Let's get through it. Um, the Assassination of Richard Nixon, Cursed Diary of a Mad Black Woman, and Man of the House, all out, all brand new. Well, except for Assassination of Richard Nixon, but it's new to us. All of them starting tomorrow. Let's get into it. Man of the House. How many of you have been clamoring to see Tommy Lee Jones and Cedric the Entertainer finally combined, put their powers together? By the powers of Grayskull. Anybody? Ever since U.S. Marshals, basically, I was like, you know what this film is missing? Cedric. Let's scratch out Wesley Snipes. Put in Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. U.S. Marshals. Now that... Family I would, hit. I would love to see Cedric the Entertainer swoop down Batman style the way Snipes did in that. <laughs> Land that on the train. Land on the L. 
we can only hope for that. Madhouse, um, it's about a Texas marshal, played, of course, by Tommy Lee Jones, who is put in charge of protecting a group of cheerleaders, uh, I believe through the University of Texas, after they witness a murder. Cedric the Entertainer somehow comes into it at a later point to uh, provide even more uh, comedic effect. Uh, and uh, action, adventure, danger, possibly love, I don't know. I'm pretty sure hilarity, hilarity ensues. Um, Man of the House, it's, I'm sorry, it looks like a February stinker. I'm going to stay away. Dan, are you going to go see this? Well, I was going to ask, what's, I mean, so so he's done uh, The Fugitive, <coughs> U.S. Marshals, now Man of the House, where he's been a, a marshal. Uh, yeah. What's the logical next step for uh, for Tommy Lee Jones? Um, now? A remake of, Morton. I was going to say a remake of Cops and Robertsons, done with Chevy Chase <laughs> and Jack Palance. That Which is ironic, one. because there is a film called Man of the House, starring Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah. So I really hope that happens, Brad. I love <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's we, great. We can look together. I don't know. I, an all Texas Ranger um <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I guess or I don't. Power Ranger. He maybe a Power Ranger. Maybe okay. you know that's what we might happen. I don't know. Man of the House. It's um. Here's a little idea. If it comes out in February and it's a brand new movie and it hasn't been screened for the press and it has exactly there are no reviews on this. If they don't let the press see it, I'm not talking about us, but people who actually get paid to do their job. Uh, if it hasn't been screened to them, it's probably a stinker because what they do, the press will go, "Wow, this is a stinker," and it'll kill those. You know, ten odd people who want to see it, and they'll go, "Oh, I don't want to see it anymore." So, Man of the House, no one has seen it. Uh, so, give us a call next week if you check it out. We don't expect it to be good. Uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, PG thirteen. Uh, the ratings for this are not good. It's based on the play by Tyler Perry. Uh, it's from the director. Do you guys like Destiny's Child? I like Beyonce a lot. You like Beyonce Knowles? Okay. Um, do you guys remember the Survivor video? I'm a survivor. You know that one. Yeah. The director of that, Gary Darren Grant, is directing Diary of a Mad Black Woman. It is about um, a woman whose marriage collapses due to her uh, philandering husband, and I believe it's her aunt or her grandmother. It's a relation, uh, which is actually played by the, the playwright Tyler Perry, who is a gentleman, uh, so very much a, a big mama's house type of movie. She begins... Uh, along with the woman who's been jilted, planning revenge, things like, you know, I would imagine blowing up his car and, you know, putting, you know, poo in his, his, his pool. Is that you know, stuff ruining. true? I'm not sure okay. what actually happens. This is my guess. <laughs> um, this is what we call on the show a stealth movie. Swooped in under the cover of night. No one knew about it. It's going to drop its bombs and fly away. I heard about this movie Monday night. Does anyone know of this movie? Hey, I've actually seen a trailer for it. I don't know if anyone oh, okay. else has. Has anyone else heard of this? Just I, before I saw a trailer like trailer? a month ago or something. I like your expression, drop its bombs. Drop its as bombs. It's, as it were. Yeah, it's going to drop Cute. its bombs. Right down a chimney. Is that accurate? <laughs> yes, it's, it's a smart bomb. That was no. one they told us. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was this... one of, it was, it was the, the trailer was interesting because it starts out and it's like some really serious drama. And then there's this guy dressed up as an old woman. Yeah. And you're... Suppose, I don't. I, it was like I was wasn't sure if it was a comedy or what's going. on. I think on, it's a comedy. So. It's Big Mama's House Part Two. That's well, what you get. It's a dramedy, guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, geez. yes. Also, up uh, cursed PG thirteen uh, from Wes Craven. You've enjoyed his work from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the Scream series, Vampire in Bl- Brooklyn. Who didn't love Vampire in Brooklyn? Uh, he teams up with uh, Scream writer Kevin Williamson uh, for Cursed. It's a story about a werewolf. I didn't know this until I went to IMDb, internetmoviedatabase.com, found out the, the they hit a guy, so very, I, I know what you did last summer, also by uh, Williamson, 
They hit a guy who happens to be a werewolf. He scratches a couple of kids or bites them. You know, either way, that's how you become a werewolf. And eventually, they become a werewolf. What's the rule if you're if you catch lycanthropy, Greg? Well, it depends on what mythos you're using in particular. It's a it's an Anne Riceian type of thing. You have to kill the werewolf that scratched and bit you. Oh, okay. So that you can release the curse of. I the I thought werewolf. that was only if it's a level seven werewolf. Or I think it's. Well, it might be. It might be. <laughs> uh, but I, I have to check. I have to consult my D twenty first. Um, Oh, my God. So, uh, Portia de Rossi, <laughs> Maya, remember Maya, Shan Elizabeth, um, Christina Ritchie, Joshua Jackson, Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, these are all people who have somehow become cursed or um, are trying to curse us with a bad movie. That is out. And The Assassination of Richard Nixon, uh, starring Sean Penn, Naomi Watts, Don Cheadle, Michael T. Williamson. Uh, this is from director Niels Mueller. He, did, he wrote uh, Tadpole, that bad graduate knockoff from a few years ago. Uh, and he was a production consultant. I like this on Swim Fan, so very good. He should, of course, if you're if you worked on Swim Fan, you should automatically get to direct. The assassination of Richard Nixon is about a businessman in the year of 1974 who is losing it. His family, his business are coming apart. He begins to blame Richard Nixon and plans to assassinate uh, Tricky Dick. Um, it's about his uh, slow descent into insanity. Uh, the only real press on this is that it was a great performance by Sean Penn. Hey, isn't every performance by Sean Penn brilliant? No. Like in Mystic River, uh, Dan. And uh, but it's the assassination of Richard Nixon, it's rated R. Yes, I'll say that my friend Bosch, who has really long hair and lives in Chicago, saw this movie already since it's a real town, and they actually have movies coming. What do you think? He said it was "quote unquote" really good. You should really check good, it out. Says Bosch, and he, he doesn't usually say that. So I don't know if that's actually a good validation. It's just that someone who doesn't generally like a lot of cinema was touched in some way by this movie. And knowing yeah, what I know, I'd, I'd kind of like yeah, to see it. Yeah, that doesn't really... <laughs> like, I'm not really a fan of the movie, but, yeah, but, but this one was awesome. But neither do, do you know, a yeah. few pretentious, balding young kids on the radio either. Oh! Don't be I, mean. No, no, look, right here. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It ain't no shame in the bald game. Yeah, thank you, baby doll. The Caesar cut. Dan? I the crutch of bald winning everywhere. <laughs> yeah, Dan's going to stay out of this one before anyone else gets hurt. Uh, the assassination of Richard Nixon, rated R. That is out one with Cursed, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, and Man of the House. On rental, I Heart Huckabees, which was cute. Yay. Right yeah, that's out. And for those of you that are Get Shorty fans, which I'm one of them, a special edition Get Shorty DVD is out. I ask, why? <laughs> Just because Be Cool's coming out? I don't think so. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's if, a coincidence. If you're hanging out here in East Lansing, which I, I know if you're listening to the station, you must be, uh, RHA, Resident Hall Association of Michigan State University, is showing a couple things at the Campus Cinema Center this weekend. They are Ocean's 12, Andy's uh, favorite film from last year. Let me snick it's a series of unfortunate events. Greg's favorite film from last whoop, year. Whoop. And those of you that love Adult Swim from the Cartoon Network, brand new, super awesome episodes of C-Lab 2021 and Tom Goes to the Mayor. Also, an episode of a show so new, there's not even a name for it. All here this weekend at Wells Hall, the Campus Cinema Center. There's a new episode of a show that's brand new. I, it didn't actually list the name. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just I guessing. Like, I think Brad is lying. I'm just guessing, but it's, it's <laughs> a, an extra, a premiere of a brand new show. It's so new, it maybe not. Doesn't, it doesn't have a name. They're going to FedEx it over, slap it right on just before. So those are here on the campus of MSU this weekend for you to check out. All right. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, The Impact. Phone lines are open, 432-3893, 432-3893. We're going to save this last 10 minutes to go over a little bit of Oscar coverage. Uh, I, along with other people, fill out a lot of those contests, questionnaires, for uh, Oscar pools, I do them with you know people from work, and I do uh, newspapers, local theaters. I know in the area do that. 
So I'm always interested in who's going to win, who do you think is going to win. So we're going to do a very quick, who do you think is going to win the Oscars? This is a public service announcement, right, Dan? Yes. We're trying to help people so they can win we help people. a pass to go to the local movie theaters. It's like that year. duct tape thing. Yeah. What? That duct tape public service announcement. I, you know, when our leader said that everyone should put duct tape over their windows, I think that this public service announcement will have about as much credibility as that. Okay, sounds good. I didn't even, I didn't even remember the, the duct tape over the windows. See, that's because of the liberal media, Brad. Yes. Damn them. Damn them all <laughs> to hell. All right. Uh, the 2005 Academy Awards taking place Sunday, so for those of you that want to get your entries into whatever contest you're going to enter into, uh, you got to get on it quick. Gentlemen, real quick, we'll just kind of go through some of these who do you think is going to win? Who do you think should win? And maybe who should have got, who should win, even if they're not nominated? Best Picture, Aviator, Finding Neverland, Million Dollar Baby, Ray, Sideways. Who do you think is going to win? Who should win, Dan? I think Aviator will. No, that's not. I didn't mean that. I think. I think. I think. <laughs> take that back. Take it back. I think Million Dollar Baby will win. I think of the group, Million Million Dollar Baby should win, and I think overall, Eternal Sunshine should have should have been nominated. Thank you, Dan, win. Reverend. Yeah, Million Dollar Baby. I'll go with that. <laughs> All right. Think it will win. Think it should win. Sure. Doubling up. Million Dollar Baby will win. It doesn't deserve to win. I would. I would. If I were. If I were an Academy member, I'd. I'd have Aviator. I'd vote oh. Aviator. That's oh. just me. All right, Greg. I, I boycott the Oscars. I don't even want to talk about this. But all right, then we'll go to best performance: <laughs> lead actor male, Don Cheadle, Johnny Depp, Leonardo DiCaprio, Clint Eastwood, Jimmy Fox. Quickly, Dan. I think who's Jamie, getting it? I think Jamie Fox will win. I think uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, should. No Giamatti. That's what I'm going to say. No Giamatti. Reverend. I didn't know that boycotting was an option, but since I'm already on the train. You, uh, you should have. If you, if you want to, if you can step out now. <laughs> uh, step out. Step I'm out. Well, yeah, I got to step out. Stepping out step now. Out. It's down to Dan and Andy and I. Andy, best mm. actor. Fox. You like the Kenny Ward, so I know you'll stay yet. Fox wins. Uh, Cheadle should win. All right. I am going to go with Fox. Uh, the rest of them. I'm still just saying no Giamatti, no Giamatti. I can't believe it. So we'll go with Fox. Best actress in a lead role. Um, okay, as, as Greg would put, a bunch of chicks I don't know. So, um, <laughs> I, yeah. um, I actually think this is the strongest category in terms of actual performance, not Academy what? performance. Um, I think Hilary Swank will win, and I liked her a lot, but I actually think Catalina Sandino Moreno should win. You were a big fan of Malia oh, yeah. I, I just didn't – just boring. It's, it's like, not you know, I, Brad, thanks for telling the story, but I don't really care. You always hate drug mules. That's not fair. Well, Your I'm, bias I'm, against I'm, drug mules is not. You know, and that's, so I should just get over that. Okay, Catalina Sandino Marino should win. <laughs> I'll put it out there. Thank you for putting it out there, Greg. No Andy? problem. Swank will and should win. Um, I'm going to go with Swank because uh, she's already won once. Stoughton, Winslet, come on. And Annette Benning, you're once, twice, you're going to keep losing again. So let's just get over <laughs> that. Catalina Sandino Marino. They don't. They probably aren't going to give it to the person who doesn't speak English. Because what kind of acceptance would that be? Greg, you want to jump back in? Uh, I I might. I'm, it depends on. Okay. How, how uh, supporting actor Andy. Who's gonna? Who should win? Who's gonna take this? Uh, Freeman will win. I think Jamie Fox should win though. I you think it, Jamie Fox should win? That's right. Uh, that's I, interesting. I I like your. Pick I think of, he, I think he should win for Collateral, not for Ray. Okay. I thought I, his I thought his character was much more tricky and interesting and complex than. I like you on that. I think Freeman probably will. Breath of work. He's never won before. I like Jimmy Fox's performance in Collateral more than his performance as Ray Charles. My problem is in Collateral, he's not the best supporting actor. He's the lead of that movie. Yeah, I mean it's his movie. I mean, well, he steals the movie. Yeah, in a, I mean in a any sense, any you know? person who would say, "Oh, it's Tom Cruise's film," 
hasn't watched that movie. He does steal the picture. You're completely correct on that. Um, you know, I I would rather see Jamie Foxx get it for Collateral than for Ray, but I, you know, I'm going back and forth between Morgan Freeman and and Clive Owen, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Clive Owen on both should and will. Greg, I definitely don't know if he will or not, but I sort of I'm sort of feeling Clive Owen too. Also, just from like a stupider like Academy based like I'd kind of like him to win like they kind of do. I think like yeah, maybe it should go to him. That's cool, King Arthur. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Why not give it to King Arthur? <laughs> right. I I would say um, I'm gonna go with Freeman. I would say Owen. I thought he was brilliant and closer. Yeah, and like I, that sequence with him and Law. That's sure. Academy right there. And the camera's right on him the whole time. And so if you're really going to talk about supporting as an actor in a very direct sense, I think that he does a very notable job as an actor, I suppose. Best performance, actress, supporting role. We got Blanchett, Linney, Madsen, Okanito, Portman. Who wins? I think Blanchett wins. It's a really blatant Oscar bait kind of a role. And, and I think that's Hepburn. the kind of thing that she's going to get. Hepburn I think, won four times. Why not give it to the woman who played Hepburn? I just, it's just one of those roles. I just picture the Oscar clip. But I, I would like to see Madsen win. All right. Uh, of the five nominees, uh, if any one of them, I mean, I don't really care who wins. They were all, I, I liked all of them. But I'd, if I had to pick one, just one, I think Madsen will get it. Think Madsen will get it, and I kind of, I'd kind of like to see her win. Uh, part of me would. I mean, she's been a good sport in asinine movie after asinine movie for many, many years, and she'll always be the chorus from David Lynch's Dune to me. So, nice. I don't know. It'd be nice to see. Rubber, want to jump back in? Oh no, 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 no! Oh. I'm scratching my head. <laughs> Sorry. I would say uh, the best supporting actress is the one that they actually. Uh, I think the Academy throws a collective giant dart at the board, and last year just happened at the favorite Renee Zellweger one. So I'm going to go with uh, Laura Linney wins for Kinsey. I, I honestly, <laughs> it's it's up in the air. Matson Blanchett, I think, you know, they might repeat themselves with Blanchett, but uh, throw a dart at the board on Oscar night on that pick. It could go to anybody. Um, best director. We got Eastwood for Million Dollar Baby, Tyler Hackford for Ray, Mike Lee for Vera Drake. Uh, surprising. He gets nominated in there for. Uh, Alexander Payne and Martin Scorsese. Going up, who's going to win it? Is Marty finally going to take home the Oscar? No. Keeps, no. I say no. Why is not? Why You think because Million Dollar Baby is better? That Eastwood's, are they going to pair them up or split them up? Not necessarily. Um, Scorsese just isn't the kind of director who wins Academy Awards. He just doesn't. I don't think he can. He's Hitchcock. He's, he's, you know, he's just, he just can't do it. You know, wait in 10 years, you're going to get your lifetime achievement. Marty, mm-hmm. Just take a seat. Yeah. Dan? I think they're going to give it to him. I don't think he deserves it. I'd rather see Eastwood get it, but I think they're going to give it to him. Finally, after after all the talk with Gangs of New York, they're finally just going to do it. They, I think. That year they were able to hook up Roman Polanski. So uh, <laughs> now they can finally, next next song, move to the next guy, give it to him. I think they should give it to Dr. Dre. If this is just kind of a popularity <laughs> contest, I think he's sweet. <laughs> he, is, he is an excellent producer. And uh, it was a few years ago he, was, uh, he won Best... Uh, Best producer at the Grammys. They had him just stand up in his seat like a pimp. Exactly. It was nice. He was in training day, too. He was hard there. <laughs> any uh, other awards that you guys are interested in last minute? Any uh, you know cinematography? Any ones that stick out for you that you're I, really into? I don't remember if anybody was crying about uh, Jim Carrey not getting nominated for Best Actor. I know that movie's a huge favorite. I I'm, I loved it. I thought he was great. I was upset. My ire first goes that Giamatti's not there. Okay. If I can kick out two... Uh, Johnny Depp, take a seat, and um, uh, I, I guess I would say Don Cheadle because I haven't seen Hotel Rwanda, but I, I, would, I would put it back in. I mean, it's not. I have no judgment against the film. I haven't seen it. I've seen Eternal Sunshine. Put him in there. But He's yeah. just upset the whole time. It's yeah. really predictable. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like Schindler's List. I would say if I can kick out one, 
Giamatti is going to get the spot. And I, it's hard to kick out too. I'd say for best cinematography, I mean, don't get me wrong. I boycott this. I barely care about it. But uh, very long engagement. House of Flying Daggers both seem pretty incredible to me. Though, I, in fairness, I did not see the other three movies because of their totally banal content. No, no. You so, go with what I'm... No, I, that's I'm fine. Sorry, that's I, fine. You go with I, what you've seen. Right. That's fine. But both of those had what I thought to be pretty notable cinematography. And I'd, I'd like to see it go to either one of those, I suppose. Sounds good. Uh, anything else? Best animated feature. I understand people like Shrek 2. I don't know why. Um, it was very popular. I thought it sucked. I want The Incredibles to win. It's animated feature. It's a cute, it's one of the cutesy awards they throw in there. I'm Kids a fan winning. of it. Any other awards you guys are? Um, I like Shrek 2, but I'd probably rather see The Incredibles. But I think it will win. Like Incredibles. Shrek 2. Get out of here. I'll say in general, the Aviator will be locked out of any major awards and just uh, it'll clean up with technical stuff like costumes, set design, yeah. simply because it's a period drama with airplanes. With so much, it's got so many elements so. to it. You know, just a lot of a lot of interesting cuts, and uh, it's got a lot of visual stuff going on there. So they'll, it'll, it's got eleven nominations. It's going to pick up a couple. And in the uh, well, the cinematography category, I've seen all five films. All five of them look great in their own way. I don't really care who wins. Yeah. I mean, they're all they're all they're all nice looking movies. So I would say for best original script, for best original screenplay, it's got to go to Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That one always goes to the cool movie that should have gotten nominated, but because it's too good, the Academy and it's, it's inaccessible, they've got to throw into that as a little dishwater. Um, so hopefully that'll that'll pick it up. So anything else, gentlemen? Eh. All right, we're running into the basement's time, and uh, the Spinmeister is just like, hey, what's, what's going on here? It's, it's a couple minutes after. So we'll hand it over to them. Stick around. The best in local music up in just a little bit. Uh, I'm Brad Brooks. Thanks for hanging around. For Dan, the Reverend, Andy, and Greg, thanks for hanging with us. We'll see you next week. Remember, next week, The Breakfast Club versus Red Dawn. What movie is better? Also, tomorrow in the state news, there's an exclusive Oscar story, uh, so you, which you should check out. Featuring our very own, Featuring very lovable, Yours truly. And the key, yeah, so if you me. want to know what the so. keister looks like, hopefully there'll be a picture and you can, you'll see a bat. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. You guys have a good night. Stick around. The basement's up next. Have a good one. Okay. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.